Jacob, I just heard you say, oh, God, when I mentioned uh, the Steelers are going to be bad soon. Uh, yes. Care to explain why? <laughs> fight, 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 fight. No, no, it's okay. Let's just, let's no, just move on. No, 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 bring it up. Bring no, it up. No, Come on, I'm sweetheart. Good. I'm cool. I'm Come cool. on, sweetheart. Bring the fire. Hey, bring the fire. You want to? I'm cool. We're good. No, say it. Unbelievable! Vikings win it! You play to win the game. A Canadian take on America's favorite pastime. Third and ten with Ryan, Liam, and Jacob. It is April 15th, 2021, and we're coming at you with another brand new episode of Third and Ten with Ryan, Liam, and Jacob. Got both the boys with me again here today. How are you, how are you doing, lads? I'm doing great, my guy. Remember the last episode we said that two weeks was our longest uh, hiatus from... Yeah. Third and ten. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's been like exactly one month now it, since it, roughly, we recorded the last one. Roughly, like three weeks, roughly. It's uh, something like that. Yeah, but it's uh, we got a lot to talk it's about. The off season blues. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about though. Uh, so we got a big episode. Jacob, how are you doing, man? Fantastic. All right. Great. I'm I'm real glad to hear it. Uh, so. The first thing we've got on the agenda today is uh, Edelman, Julian Edelman, retiring from the NHL, and then in our our show notes, oh, the (laughs) NHL, the NFL, Uh, yeah, I mean the NHL too, Uh, he, he, I guess. Ryan. Whoops. (laughs) Look, man, don't trust me to do anything right. That's what she said. next next to Edelman retires, it says, debate is a... HOF. Okay. I think that means is he going to be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, so thanks, who Ryan. Who wants to argue about this? Well, I think he's a NHL Hall of Famer. So yeah, absolutely. I've never seen a better goalie in my life than Julian Edelman. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's something I kind of wanted to bring up to you guys. Uh, so yeah, Edelman. First off, Edelman got cut after failing a physical exam, I believe. Um, I think so. Yeah, so he got cut, and then after that, announced his retirement from the NFL. Here's the big thing. Is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? This is the question that's being asked everywhere. Every single football podcast I've listened to, even just talking to people just on the street, uh, people get weirded out if I yell at them, is Edelman a a Hall of Famer? They don't usually answer that. However, I want to ask you guys, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? Well, I, I'd actually like to hear what, what you've got to say about this too, Liam. Uh, I mean, I've, I've I've kind of read a couple of these arguments about it. Uh, you know, he doesn't really have the regular season stats uh, to back him up, but he's had an incredible playoff career, which includes a Super Bowl MVP. So I think the argument is kind of more so, you know, do, do, does all of this playoff success, and I guess him being such a clutch player um is that enough to get him in the hall of fame and i i honestly could see it going either way if he ever gets into the hall of fame it he won't be first ballot no i I don't think he will be first ballot however i do think he is a hall of famer uh just because like yeah you know his regular season stats weren't 
great necessarily but here's the thing is what matters the most in football what are players wanting if, if you go to the nfl today what is your main goal you play to win the game you you play to win the game exactly you you win for your trophies you get the rings you get that playoff notoriety i don't care if you know I can make 30,000 receiving yards in the off or in uh, the regular season but can't get a single ring or anything uh come playoffs, you know, that to me yeah, that's great, but postseason means the most. And I think him having three Super Bowls under his belt, a Super Bowl MVP under his belt, you know, having that crazy fumble catch in uh what was it, Super Bowl 51 against the Falcons, that pretty much I think was the big push for the Patriots to win uh you know Super Bowl 51 I think and and not to mention he's also had a lot of you know he he rose up from basically nothing he had zero uh scholarships out of high school he went to Kent State didn't really light it up like he played all right you know as a quarterback quarterback there yeah he? he played quarterback there he played all right uh you know, and then he joined the Patriots, and what didn't he get drafted in the seventh round, two hundred and thirty-two? Yeah, and he kind of became a household name in in uh, New England. You know, everyone knows Julian Edelman. If if you were to ask a Patriots fan, everyone loves Julian Edelman. Even if people who are outside of New England love Julian Edelman, so yeah, I really do think he is a uh, a Hall of Famer. All right, well, let's hear what Jacob has to say about Edelman. I know this is supposed to be an argumentative show, but I don't know if we're going to have that on this one. Uh, So when we start, so for example, when it comes to postseason receptions, Edelman has 118 and receiving yards 1,442 is only behind Hall of Famer Jerry Rice. So just his playoff success alone, obviously, he's been very successful in the playoffs. Next, in terms of the Patriot team as a whole, he's second in receptions in history and fourth in receiving yards. And he also apparently has 36 receiving touchdowns. Who's number one? It doesn't say here in this article by NFL.com, giving them a shout out, they're my source, but all it says (laughs) is that he has this and that. So, statistically, I think he has done a fair amount not up to the level of some other guys, but I want to read you what uh, D'Angelo Hall said. Do you guys know who D'Angelo Hall is? Uh, yeah. You can enlighten me. He's a, He was a very good cornerback. Incredibly good. Okay. And he gave Edelman actually a very glowing reference, which I just want to quickly read from NFL.com. So this is his quote. I think Jules will be a Hall of Famer. When you think of those New England teams and the grittiness and toughness they played with, they don't have nearly the same fight without him. And speaking of fight, how many times did this five foot ten former Kent State quarterback rise to the occasion? I'll help you out. Every single time. He was a major player in the Patriots' postseason success, which will be a major factor in his Hall of Fame case. I lined up against Edelman during my career, and he gave me just as many problems as Hall of Fame receivers Terrell Owens and Randy Moss. That's saying something. End quote. He's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, just off that alone, if that is true, and if other cornerbacks feel that way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's really hard to to kind of argue with all of his success. Three Super Bowl rings and a Super Bowl MVP, in addition to all of these records and just, like, being a really good underdog story. 
Uh, Let me be the devil I mean, for a I, I would put him... I mean, I mean, I, I just want, want to say real quick, uh, you know, Pro Football Hall of Fame, I know it's debatable, but I think he should definitely go in the Beard Hall of Fame. Uh, he's had some wonderful facial hair over the years. Yeah, I'll give that to you. So, let me play the devil for a second. Do you guys ever think that Edelman is in his career was ever a top 10 wide receiver in the league? Yes. Probably. You think there was at a point? Because I, I don't know if he was. Did... I don't know if it would have been in recent years, but maybe like in those years like right after he kind of stole Wes Welker's job, maybe you could make an argument he was a top 10 receiver. I am seeing so many people, so many pros, just tr- not trash Edelman, but there's a lot of people saying, nah, he's kind of good, but he's not a Hall of Famer. And I'm seeing a lot of sports writers do the same. It's like they're taking it personally. I think it's because he played for the Patriots and one of the most hated dynasties in football history. But, like, for example, LaShawn McCoy, of all people, makes the statement, I've got a good shot at the Hall of Fame. Julian Edelman does not. Like, who does this guy think he is? He got two Super Bowls on a bench. At least Edelman was consistent his whole career. I I would actually... uh, I, I would predict... Or, or like, I, I think there's a higher chance of Edelman getting into the Hall of Fame than Shady, so. Yeah. Yeah, like, Shady's good. Don't get me wrong. I Sean McCoy, I think, is a great quarter, or, sorry, running back. <laughs> He's a great quarterback. But but here's the thing, as well, is, yeah, um, LeSean McCoy has, he has two rings yes, now? Yes, he has two. And what did he do to get those Super Bowl rings? Probably filled up some water bottles. Exactly. What did Edelman, like Edelman do to get his has three more rings than him and an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP? And he actually played in those Super Bowls, not just sat on the bench and you know watched the fans scream his name. Like it's, I don't know. It, I think Edelman definitely has more of a chance. Plus, I'm pr- uh, the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame Twitter even tweeted out saying, "Yeah, he's eligible in 2026." To be uh, to be a Hall of Famer, I think that right there is guaranteed. Yeah, it's definite. It definitely looks good for him if the Hall of Fame is like, oh, here's when he's eligible to join. You know. Either way, yeah, though, and I don't think it matters him getting into the Hall of Fame. I don't think it really matters though to the New England faithful because he's already immortalized at least there. Yeah. So that's mm. just kind of a cherry 100%. on top. And I'm sure he obviously wants to go to the Hall of Fame, but I think if anything, at the very least, he's immortalized in New England. And here's the oh, thing. Yeah. Pro Football Hall of Fame. Bring in Edelman because he deserves it. And bring in Drew Pearson because he also deserves it. I just wanted to add that in there before before we move on. Drew Pearson needs to be in the Hall of Fame. The Drew Pearson argument, when I hear people argue against Drew Pearson, I actually get angry. Like that he shouldn't be? Yeah, no. When people say Drew Pearson shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, I get angry. <laughs> really? He should be in the uh, Hall was, of Fame. He is absolutely he should is, be in the Hall of Fame. I'm pretty sure he is the only player in the 1970s All-Decade team to not be a Hall of Famer. No, Liam. He's the only player in any decade team not to be in the Hall of Fame. Are you serious? Yes, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and I bo- I don't I'm not sure about the 2000s yet, but he's the only oh. one in like the 70s, 80s and I believe 90s to not be in the Hall of Fame. You know what? Interesting. Actually, he is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Did he just get inducted this year then? He just got inducted this year. 
Cool. So Good bring in him. Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman deserves it. <laughs> Man, I'm not used to hearing you two agree so much. It's a little concerning. Yeah, something's going to happen. Concerned. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Speaking of NFL, things that might be concerning. Yeah, okay. NFL changing the regular season and adding an extra game. And uh, th- there was a, a bit of controversy around that. I have literally nothing to say. So I'm just going to immediately throw it to whoever wants to talk about this. Yeah. Um, you know what? As a fan point of view, I like there being 17 games just because, you know, there's now more to a season than 16. So I get one extra game, which is pretty nice. And that extra game is against the Cardinals for the Browns. So I'm excited to watch that game. But I don't know. I, I, I don't think it is that bad. Personally, I think a lot of players are just overreacting to now that they have to add an extra game to their season. But, you know, look at these other athletes that are playing 82 games a season, you know, 114 games a season. I I don't think it's that bad of a change. I just think a lot of players are overreacting to it. What's your take, Jake? Uh, For one, this was mostly done for revenue. And, well, exactly. It was only done for revenue. And another thing this was done for was fantasy football. This adds a whole other week to fantasy football, a whole other week to gambling. As gambling becomes more legalized, this was definitely the way to go. Smart move by the NFL. Hopefully they just, I I think their intention was to cut out two weeks of the preseason. I could be wrong, but... I remember hearing that, but they should just, I, I'm not sure. They should just cut three of the games of the preseason, so this makes even more sense. I mean, guys complaining about getting what? hurt, you can get hurt whenever. Unfortunately, football's a violent sport. Keep it 17 games, perfect. Good work. And you know what? That's even right. more of a chance for teams to get to a playoffs. Now you got one extra game to you know try to be like, okay... You know, we're down by one game to get into there. Oh, look at that. We got an extra game to play now. We can probably get into the playoffs. You know, that's, I don't know. I just, I get it. They're athletes. You know, they they also have a say in it because, you know, the NFLPA is a union. They all need to come into agreement, which they all did come into an agreement saying that, yes, we're playing 17 games. However, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I just think it's a good I think it's a good idea for the NFL and even for the teams and the players. Now, Liam, have you ever seen the movie 300? Uh, yes, I have. Okay, do you know the scene when uh, Leonidas goes to the oracles and they tell him not to go to war? Then we find out that the oracles were paid off by the Persians? Yes, I do. I think that's what happened to the NFL PA. <laughs> Someone just gave them a ton of money and said, yeah, prove this. <laughs> that's why we have 17 games and they're not fighting it <laughs> I don't know. I, I, again I just don't think it's that bad of an idea and it's just athletes overreacting because there are a lot of overreacting athletes in the sport of football and don't get me started on it well hey if, if you want to talk about overreacting uh, Liam why don't you give us a very excited take on the newest addition to the Cleveland Browns uh, let me start off by saying the Cleveland Browns are now playoff capable we are now going to the playoffs we're going to go deep into the playoffs and we're going to get a ring in the next few years Ooh. so I'm just going to add that in there right now uh, yeah J- I can't even pronounce his first name properly Jadavian Jadad Jay Clownley Clowney, 
That guy. Oh my gosh. Javion Clowney. Javion Clowney. How much did that hurt you, Jacob? Oh, One of the best players to come out of your school. Oh, that's okay. Liam, you're trying. It's okay. I tried. It's okay. I got a. I got 17 games to learn his name now. Anyways, <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a great pickup. The Browns have done a lot of really good things uh, to help the defense out. Uh, picking up Clowney, picking up, uh, you know, picking up just a lot of players that will help our uh, our defense pick itself back up. I think that was the big thing that I don't want to say ruined last season, but I feel like it they were one of the the things pulling us under uh actually really succeeding last season uh so now that we've actually have some veterans that are able to help the young guys build up and even some young players that will help us uh defensively i think we have i I think we have that down pat the only issue i have with the browns is we still need to worry about the offense because baker improved a little bit last season uh, and we have OBJ back, and I'm really skeptical on OBJ. I think he was probably the big thing tearing down our offense. Yeah, no, I think Clowney's a great pickup. You guys not only boost your defense, you got a new leader. Uh, former first-round, first-overall pick, which is always great to add, no matter what, unless you're Anthony Bennett. Uh, yeah, great. Ooh, bringing up Ooh. the Anthony Bennett stories. Now, I do want to say, uh, real quick, I think that the Browns was one of the best places that Clowney could have gone. Uh, one of his criticisms is that he, he while he's a good player, you know, some people aren't exactly sure if he's good enough to be, you know, like a number one pass rush guy. But with him going to Cleveland, he's not going to be the number one pass rusher. That's Miles Garrett. Exactly. And just having to deal with Miles Garrett on one side of the defensive line, Clowney on the other side, and is Olivier Vernon still on the team? Uh, stall me out while I find that out. All right. If Olivier, I mean, already that's a, a very ferocious pass rush, especially with Sheldon Richardson at D tackle. And then if you have Olivier Vernon there as well. Uh, that that's just like genuinely terrifying pass rush. I expect the the Browns to be getting a lot of sacks this year, and I also wouldn't be surprised if Clowney has like a career resurgence. Uh, currently, after kind of falling he, off a little bit. Currently, Vernon is a unrestricted free agent, so uh, he we don't know if he'll be a Brown. We don't know but if he'll if be. If he does Brown. come back, then that's just going to make the team even better. But I mean. Sheldon Richardson, Clowney, and Miles Garrett on D line. That is that, that's scary. Real scary stuff. That is. I do not want to go against that. Like not to mention, uh, just the Browns in general have a really good defense so far. Like you got Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, and Clowney. Like what we said, but also picking up um, what's it called, John Johnson and Troy Hill. That was a really yeah. big pickup too. We have Denzel Ward, who's still a really good cornerback. And we Greedy still have Williams. Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit, who we don't know if they're coming back this season. They're still dealing with injury, but I think they are. So I think our defense is great where it is, to be honest. Yeah. And then we also Let's signed take- back Cody Parkey, so I'm not too happy about that. <laughs> However, we got well, st- we got rid of uh, Andrew Sandejo, so he can go kick rocks. 
So staying in the division, Cincinnati made a move uh, that I wasn't aware of until Liam brought it to my attention, but this is a move that I was hoping Cincinnati would do. Uh, they haven't had... I mean, one, one of the holes in Cincinnati's offense right now is tight end, and they just claimed off, raver, off waivers, rather, Thaddeus Moss, son of Randy, and uh, college teammate of Joe Burrow. So the two L- LSU boys reunited in Cincinnati uh, and on a team that I believe there is open competition for that tight end spot. Tyler Eifert's no longer there. He's in, I believe, Jacksonville. Probably has a lot of and band-aids I, on I w- him as well. Yeah, but Thaddeus Moss is a guy that didn't get drafted. I thought he was going to get drafted in maybe one of the later rounds. Um, he spent some time on, on Washington last year, and now he's uh, but he didn't do anything on Washington. Quarterback. Yeah, I mean Logan Thomas was kind of the standout at tight end. Mm-hmm. Your favorite quarterback, Jacob. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll throw it right off to our, our resident LSU boy, Liam, to talk hi. about this first. Hi, how you doing? So I originally thought the Bengals were going to pick up Thaddeus Moss after the draft. Like, he's seen him go undrafted, did hurt, because he was a great player for LSU. But uh, just having him, knowing that he went undrafted and the Bengals could have scooped him up right there and then, I think would have been perfect because Joe Burrow already has a teammate that he's played with that will be in uh, be on the team with him. Perfect. Awesome. But Washington came to pick him up. But yeah, I think this is a good pickup. They already have chemistry uh, from their college years. We already see Joe Burrow pretty much the only thing keeping the Bengals alive last season until he got injured. And then Thaddeus Moss joining the team who can we also go back and see that uh, – what's it called, Joe Burrow and Thaddeus Moss uh, broke the NCAA season single season record for touchdown passes. Uh, I believe that was, let's go back. It says four, but I don't think so. It was definitely more than that. Uh, Maybe it was in a single game. Uh, probably a single season record. Mm. Either way, they have chemistry together. Now, the only thing the Bengals need to do is pick up Jamar Chase, and then they're yeah. good. They're good. I, Reunite uh, all the guys. If bring back LSU. You know, bring back their receiving core. It is going to be a dominant, dominant Bengals team. Work on the uh, the the uh, the tackle pickups, and then you'll be fine. Now, yeah, I mean, the question is, you know, is this success that they had in college going to translate to the NFL? Well, did Joe Burrow's success in college translate to the NFL? Well. Not yet. Not We're yet. We're going to have to see. But it was showing. It was showing that he was doing a great job. Yeah. Let's uh, let's hear what Jake's got to say. Uh, I think Joe Burrow personally is going to go to Moss and be like, hey, can you like put on another 100 pounds and actually block me? <laughs> so I don't have a <laughs> yeah. short career in a few years. But that's just a joke aside. Always good to have chemistry. But to tell you the truth, I think Burrow's a little more concerned about his safety right now than he is about his receivers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, like, in this draft, they're Liam, I hate to say it, I don't think they're going chase. I think they're going with that Oregon tackle. I think that's probably the I way they're they going. I think they have to. But here's the thing, is that Burrow went to the head office of Cincinnati 
and asked them multiple times, we need to pick up Jamar Chase. So yeah. I don't think he wants, I don't think he cares about his safety. Well, you can't I think get, he wants you can't Jamar get Chase. the ball to Chase if you can't throw it. Yeah, he I won't even be able to get the ball to Moss. Yeah, that is true. Um, unless he builds up 100 pounds and blocks. Exactly. Yeah. That's they they do here. need to fix that offensive line because Burrow's got talent, and if they're able to like reignite that partnership between Burrow and Moss, uh, I mean, it's going to be that's probably going to be one of the most fun divisions in in football to watch. Yeah, probably. I mean, well, since the Steelers are probably going to go under soon. Uh, oh God. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore is still decent. Baltimore's Browns are decent. good. Browns are good, and Cincinnati and is Cincinnati rebuilding. Has a lot of Cincinnati's got a lot of potential. Nice fun, like yeah. it, it can be, it can be a very interesting uh, division in like the coming year or two. I, I think for sure. Jacob, I just heard you say "Oh God" when I mentioned uh, the Steelers are going to be bad soon. Uh yes. Care to explain why? <laughs> fight, 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 fight. No, no, it's okay. Let's just. No, 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 no. Bring it up. Bring no, it up. No, Come on, I'm sweetheart. Good. I'm cool. I'm Come cool. on, sweetheart. Bring the fire. Hey. Bring the fire. You want to? I'm cool. We're good. No. All right. Say well, it. I'm, I'm going to ask you a different Steelers question, Jacob. <laughs> How do you feel about James Conner leaving and heading to the desert? Uh, probably uh, nothing move, to tell you the truth. I mean, I don't think the talent difference between Conner and Snell is incredibly that much different. I think Conner adds a nice, I guess, little mix to Arizona's offense, but I don't think James Conner is really better than Kenyon Drake. I don't really think he's better. I think he might be a little better running between the tackles, but as we've seen, Arizona likes to kind of air the ball out more. They like to get the running back the ball, so I think Chase Edmonds actually is kind of the perfect fit for Arizona at the moment, even more so than Conner. Interesting. But who do the Steelers have now? Benny Snell. Benny Snell, yeah. Cool. He's okay. Yes. He's fine. I guess he's going to be the starter heading into week one. The Steelers are still going to suck. It's fine. I mean, it, it's it's Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback again. Oh, aging quarterback. We love that. The wide receivers are still the same. I mean, has anything really changed with that team in this offseason other than them losing Connor? Uh, they picked up uh, Dwayne Haskins. But I think that was during the season. Yeah, that was, but like, but that's not going to do much for you too. He's not going to start over Ben, not no, yet, unless Ben goes down again. Yeah, may, maybe in the future, but if Ben is healthy, he's starting. So I don't know. Uh, I, Steelers, I I have honestly have no idea how the Steelers are going to be. You know, come the season, I don't I, know if they're going to be competitive and win eleven games in a row again, or if they're going to be real bad. I could see it going either way, honestly. Uh, well. First off, they should delete their TikTok accounts and then start to actually practice. Uh, I don't no think, fun yeah, league. I, I don't care. Like they're, yeah, they went what? What was their final record? It was like fourteen and something. You're a boomer. You don't like the new technology. I'm not a boomer. I just hate Pittsburgh. Like they went twelve and thir- or thirteen, something like that. That's okay. That's cool. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think with an aging quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger, um, you know, two wide receivers who can play, but uh, they like to open up their mouths way too much. Losing James Conner is a big thing. I don't think this Steelers team is going to be good. 
I really don't think so. I think they're going to be last place in the AFC North. Interesting. Okay, can I tell you well, what's... Uh, guys, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen with this division, because it's actually very predictable. Here is go what's going to happen. Liam is going to be doing his hating the Steelers tirades. Then in week six, Ben Roethlisberger is going to, I don't know, have some re-emergence and throw like four touchdowns, beat them like, I don't know, 35-28. Liam's going to be pissed at the Browns. Then week nine, the Browns absolutely crush the Steelers. Then it's the Steelers suck narrative. And then we're just going to keep going in this cycle. <laughs> Year by year. It's going to be the cycle of Liam thinks the Steelers suck. They beat the Browns in a game. Then eventually the Browns get their comeback. And then it's just the same thing. That's how it works here. No, the Steelers suck. Pittsburgh is awful. Yes, but but then after week two or three or whenever they play early in the year, when the Steelers win, and then you start doing your stories and your apologies. I'm not going to apologize to Pittsburgh. I'm never going to apologize to Pittsburgh. Come on. No, to me. To me for picking them. (laughs) I'm not even going to apologize to you. Notch. Well, well, hey, uh, you know, in the interest of history repeating itself, uh, it looks like the Jets are getting ready to draft another quarterback that they're probably going to ruin because it's the Jets. Uh, Sam Darnold traded to the Carolina Panthers. So now he can get mono in Carolina. They're basically, like, 99% going Zach Wilson with that pick now. Yeah, yeah, I Maybe think so. they'll surprise us and, and take Fields or Lance or Mac Jones, I don't know, but it's probably Wilson. Unless uh, Fields gets picked up by Jacksonville. Yeah, and now Sam Darnold is in Carolina, so uh, he's playing with Robbie Anderson again, which yeah. is always fun. Uh how do you guys feel about this move? I I personally, uh, I think it was a good move for Carolina. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't extended him, so if things don't work out with him, they can let him walk and they can draft another quarterback. Uh, you know, the Teddy Bridgewater thing didn't go as planned, uh, I, and, and that team's success kind of just relies on Mr. McCaffrey there. I mean, uh, here, the thing is with Jack or not Jacksonville, um, with Carolina's quarterback class, everyone it's a young quarterback class. Everyone there is under thirty. Like Teddy Bridgewater, he's twenty eight. Sam Darnold, what is he? Twenty three. Will Greer yeah. is twenty six. You know, it's. I think the big thing with Jacksonville or not? Why do I keep saying Jacksonville with Carolina <laughs> is the fact that you know they don't have any veterans to help. You know, like yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, he's a good player, but he's not that great of a player. I hate to break it to you, Ryan. I know you love Teddy, but he's we got to admit Teddy is not he, that great of a player. He didn't have a very good season last year. I'll be the first to admit that. Yeah. Adding and, I, and that's Sam why Darnold? I think, you know, looking at Sam Darnold, someone who's younger, and because he's younger, you might be able to develop him more. You know? Yeah, and I don't know. I just, I don't think, like, I think him going to Carolina is good. I think that would fit well with the Panthers, and I hope Darnold has some sort of, you know, explosive season. But for now, I I don't know. I feel like the Panthers aren't really doing much to help their cause other than bringing back Christian McCaffrey uh, from the injured list. So, 
I don't know, man. I, I think it's one of those things we got to wait and see how the season is. Yeah, how are, how are you feeling about this move, Jake? So you two, please correct me if you think I'm wrong, okay? All right. So I actually think the reason why I do like this move is because the Panthers had the third pick. They were probably they either could have got probably Fields, Lance, or Jones realistically. I th- they don't have the third pick, do they? No, when they did, when before they traded. Oh, it. when they did. Remember before yeah. they traded it. I yes. don't think any of those three right now going into next year, especially when you got a star like McCaffrey in his prime right now, playing at his top of his game. I don't think they make the Panthers much better than them getting Darnold. I think Darnold's a bit of a safer move. I think it's a better move. And I'm not I'm not done with Darnold. I still think he has some more potential. He's got some more room to grow. So I actually agree with this he, move because it makes the team better. He's still very young, too. You know, maybe a change of scenery is what he needs. Warm because, weather. Yeah, I mean, the guy yeah. when... What, what did he go? Number two overall in his draft? Number three. Number three. The guy clearly has potential. He he was phenomenal at USC. Uh, and, like, it's not his fault he went to the Jets, which have been a terrible team, especially over these past couple of years. I don't think the Jets have ever been a good team since any of us have been alive. I know we're still young. No, we're still in our yeah, 20s. They, no, but they still. went on a stretch. There was the Mark Sanchez Yeah, years. they had, like, three good years with Rex Ryan okay. and Sanchez. Cool. Before they butt fumbled it away. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, what else have they done? That's no, it. Liam, you there said you they haven't been good in our lifetimes. That wasn't true. <laughs> yeah, they had two good years. That's awesome. The Browns had two good years. Okay, timeout. Good years. They got to the AFC Championship game twice in a row. Ah, the the, Patri- the Patriots. Those are pretty darn good years to me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't think they've really done anything great since. Great. We've been implanted into this world. Okay, time out. If we're gonna start talking about fan, okay, you're now a Browns fan. Ryan's a Vikings fan. I'm a Bears. How many of us have seen our teams play in two championship games? I think you, I'm the only you've one. You've only here. seen one. I no. Yeah, I've you've seen only seen two. one. I saw the Bears I've when they beat the one. Saints in 2006. When they went to the Super Bowl, then lost. And then I saw the one where we lost the Packers because we had a guy named Caleb Haney who came in after Cutler hurt his thumb. That's right. I saw two. So I've seen two as the Jets have, I guess, in the last, in my lifetime. I don't think that's that bad. I don't know, man. Yeah, I've just seen the one where we got absolutely decimated by uh, Philadelphia and Big Dick Nick. (laughs) <laughs> Would you consider that a failure of a season, Ryan? I consider that a pretty great season. It was a really magical season. The Case Keenum season. It was a good season. Harsh. I think you're being too harsh, Liam. I don't think I'm being too harsh. I think I the Jets are just an awful check. team. Too the, harsh. The Jets, well, the Jets will never be a good team again. Okay, I'm going to notch that. Okay, notch <laughs> it. Notch it. I don't think they will ever be a good team again. But what, oh, time out, time, wait, what's your definition of good? Because if all of a sudden good means you have to have a perfect season to win the Super Bowl, I'm never going to win this no, one. No, I'm not, I'm not saying a perfect <laughs> season. I'm just saying I don't think they'll ever go back to any sort of an, uh, like AFL championship, or AFC championship, sorry. Okay, Liam, can I tell you what the issue is with this argument? And Please. This is something that I've said for a long time, and I'm happy you're giving me a chance to say it on this platform. The NFL is literally designed for bad teams to become good. 
It's designed why for Why haven't it. they done anything since 2010? Bad teams get pushed years. up to the middle, and good teams get pushed down. Do you know how hard it is to suck for so long? Like, to say the Jets aren't going to be good. The NFL's helping them right now become good. The NFL's actively trying to make them good. It's not like college the, football, where LSU wins the Browns a championship, have finally and you have thousands s- of kids who want to go there. It's not the same thing. The Browns have finally done something after 19 years of utter BS. Oh. Yeah, they became good all of a sudden. So what I'm saying is the NFL's designed bad teams become good, good teams eventually sadly become bad. That's just the cycle of North American sports. Okay, well let's see how the Jets are within the next 10 years. If they still don't make the playoffs, then there you go. Okay, what kind of bet? Let's let's make a bet live on the air. What kind of bet do you want to make if they don't make the playoffs in 10 years? Well, we got to make sure the show sticks around for 10 years. No, that's okay. <laughs> let's let's put small amount. Twenty dollar bet. Small amount. Okay, twenty dollars. You have ten years. So I have ten years yep. for the Jets to make the playoffs. Yes. Happily. Up bang. Done. They're expanding cool. the playoffs. Done. Cool. Amazing. Alright, you heard it here, folks, in illegal gambling. Sir New York, <laughs> but Joe Namath will be the only thing y'all have for a while. Alright. Liam, do you want to tell us about uh Aaron Rodgers' his time on Jeopardy. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, My favorite part is that he had a sticky note that said, don't pick your nose slash butt. Is, is that actually a thing? Uh-huh. It's good oh, advice, I too. That, that is really good advice. Anyone who wants to do on-camera presentation, don't pick your nose or your butt on camera. That's good advice. Or do it, and then you'll just become an internet phenomenon. And then you'll have, yeah, it's it's a good time. Either way, what else was a good time was watching Aaron Rodgers host Jeopardy. So, as we all know, uh, Alex Trebek sadly passed away, I believe, a year ago now. Uh, and they were looking for some hosts to join Jeopardy. Uh, they had, I forget who else they had guest host. They had some pretty big names guest host. But the one big one they had was uh, Aaron Rodgers. And if you don't know... Aaron Rodgers went on the Celebrity Jeopardy and completely killed it. He did a great job, and they brought him back for a host, and it was probably the most entertaining Jeopardies I've seen uh, since, like, Alex Trebek uh, is no longer the host of Jeopardy. Um, There was a really good, if I can find it, because it's been a while since I've looked for it, one contestant. Wrote, a Canadian contestant. By was he the way. Canadian? Was he Canadian? He was. Okay, so a Canadian contestant went on to uh, Jeopardy, and for the last answer, you know how they have like, oh, they write down the answer and then they uh, they show it up. So this one contestant got the answer wrong purposely and wrote down. Uh, Ryan, what did he write down? <laughs> All right, so it's it's the last one. The guy's so far behind, he put in the joke answer, and his answer was, if I can find it in this article, right here. Who, who wanted, wanted to kick that field goal? Which is a reference to the NFC Championship game that they lost to Tampa Bay. I thought it was funny. Rob- I don't know. You had to be there. Rogers kind of also thought it was funny. He laughed and he was like, "You know, that's a that's a very good question, and I wish I could give you the point, but I unfortunately I can't." Or something along those lines. Yeah, he, he played it off really well. Uh, just because I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a very likable personality. I think. Yeah, he's good when he's on camera. Um, 
Yeah. I think he's, like, once he retires, he's going to get some sort of analytic job for sure on, like, ESPN or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk at all about um, this uh, this Jeopardy stint, Jake? Uh, you care? You play to win the game. Jeopardy James is a god. That's it. All right. Now, I do have some CFL news. Uh, oh, on the boy. day that we are recording this, the CFL had their 2021 global draft. So the CFL has two drafts. They have a Canadian draft and they have a global draft uh, where you can... They, they have a global combine. Players from all over the world, uh, from different countries, will compete. And then there's a, a CFL global draft. So uh, just real, real quick, um, four of the picks in round one, there were nine teams in the CFL. Four of those teams took punters from Australia in round one. You play to win the game. Is, is there like some sort of punter factory in Australia. Well, rugby. I mean like yeah, AFL. Like Yeah, but but like why why punters over every other position? I mean, you clearly Here's haven't my watched thing. rugby. You're or, right. I or Australian football. Yeah. That's how they score points. They they have to kick it through uh through poles. Yeah. Just so, like how so a punter like, does. Yeah. Ryan, so, you're getting an so, imbecile alert on this one. I don't know sports other than football. That is my shtick. Well, you know what, you close-minded North American? Open up <laughs> open up to the land down under. The rocket okay, thunder. So, so, looking at the Hamilton Tiger Cats picks real quick. Round oh one, pick eight. Joel Whitford, punter, University of Washington, from Australia. And then in round three, uh, round four, rather, out of Utah State, the kicker, Dominic oh. Iberel. Oh, I they, think, they picked up a punter and a kicker in this draft? A punter and a kicker. The kicker is from Germany. Pretty early in the draft, too? Give them the ring well, already. <laughs> well, so many teams picked up punters Kate, in that first so round. so many other positions. Like... I get it. It's the global draft. It's not as, I guess, prestigious, if you want to call it, as the CFL draft. You're going to get us canceled. <laughs> but you're picking up a punter. Don't pick Round up a one, punter. Round one, pick one. The BC Lions selected Australian punter Jake Ford. Oh, boy. That solved all okay. their problems. This is this is your guys' problems, okay? You guys forget. You yep. get a point in the CFL when you kick it through the back of the end zone. <laughs> That is a very good point. You get a point. whole you point for that. that. Do you know how cool that is? You get that point. Yeah, that's cool. That is very cool. But like... Uh, yeah, round one, pick positions. six. Montreal, Joseph Zema. Pick seven was Cody Grace by the uh, Calgary Stampeders. And then pick eight, Hamilton also taking a punter. Oh, uh, wow. All these punters from Australia. Cody like, Grace, his nickname out of Arkansas is the Thunder from Down Under. That's a pretty good name. That's I, sick. I mean, all right, Cody Grace is my favorite punter of all time. Yeah. And then we've also got Michael Dixon on Seattle, who's arguably one of the best punters in the NFL, I would say. Uh, I mean, we'll go to our resident punting expert, Jacob, for confirmation on that. Yes. All right, cool. Uh, I don't know. If you want a good punter, you just got to gotta grab someone from Australia, apparently. That's all you got to do. 
All right, Liam, tell us about your football video game. <sighs> You're so mean. Oh, yeah. What the hell, man? I want to hear about your football. Why are video you belittling game. NCAA 14, Bucko? Because I don't know what the name of the mod that he installed was. It is called called College Football Revamped. And Jacob, I know you're very interested in this mod. Um, Absolutely. So basically, College Football Revamped is a revamped version, if you want to call it, of NCAA Football 14, which I officially got. Um, Sadly, you do have to have a modded console to install it. Uh, It's just... The only way to because it unlocks the console uh i'm not going to disclaimer i'm not going to say mod the console but if you want it that is the only way you can um it is a very fun mod though playing ncaa 14 and then moving on to college football revamped it is a very entertaining fun mod uh they don't do much to the actual game itself so the recruiting is still the same uh the gameplay is a little bit uh like tuned up uh but not by much uh the graphics do have a bit of an overhaul to them they look a lot clearer but when it comes to the uh what's it called when it comes to teams they added i forget how many new teams but coastal carolina is now officially team in the game instead of what jacob was saying earlier how they were kind of considered new mexico state well it was more so they edited the team to be coastal carolina but they were using the new mexico state jerseys and also the stadium because it was impossible to like patch before this mod yeah, it's it was it's it's a fun mod to play. I'm trying to see what else uh, they added to it because they did a whole bunch of stuff to it. Now, um, but this mostly just yeah. as you're searching this up, what affects me and Ryan is we want to know what the Oregon State experience is on revamp. Yeah, this is important. You know what? I I haven't played as Oregon State or attempted to well, go to what? Oregon State. This is blasphemy. Oh no! Madness. I deserve hell. Liam, if I'm, there was I'm a giant well hole, I'd kick you down it for that statement. Oh, boy. <laughs> this um, is the 300 episode. Yeah, really, though. That's that's the name of the title, the 300 episode. Um, so, yeah, so what they did is they actually added a lot of, like, new teams to it. Like, well, like what we said, Coastal Carolina. Uh, Charlotte 49ers. Yeah, like, no, Purdue, Purdue's still there. Either way. They added a lot more teams to it, as well as updating the jerseys, updating the stadiums. Uh, so actually, the Boise State Stadium is not as blue as it was before, and it's not hurting my eyes. So there you go. You don't want to go there. But I still State's don't want to go beautiful there. beautiful stadium. Oh, did it's you see the teal disgusting. field? The teal field? I think they tried to put that in for Coastal. Yeah, it's teal. They do have a teal field. But How do you feel about that one? I actually like it. It doesn't hurt my eyes as much. Why is it that the teal one doesn't bug you, but but the Boise State like kind of deeper blue does? Because it's it's too deep of a blue. Okay, well, what is about it, the Eastern is, is Washington like red? Eastern Washington has a. I mean, could could the orange also be playing a factor? Uh, because I believe with with Coastal Carolina, it's like teal and like white and black are their main colors. Where. Boise State, it's like that dark blue and orange. Yeah, fellas, we gotta wrap this up. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, while Liam is uh, off Googling something, I'm gonna recap real quick uh, our March Madness results. Coming in at third place, surprise, surprise, it's me with 57 points. One point above me, 
Liam with 58. And then our champion, Jacob, Dipsy Doo Dunkaroo, 61 points. Uh, I don't think any of us did particularly well. Uh, Ryan, well, there I was think a we lot of upsets. Deserve, we deserve slaps for not picking Oregon State to go farther. Yeah. How could we, we bet against our boys? The ones who put so much work for us to win our national championships. I don't know what to tell you, but I did pick Chicago Loyola to make a deep run, and that ended up working out for me. You should listen to my Illinois rant on Bench Warmers Club. I got a little too pissed off, and uh, I actually, was, I'm not going to lie, I actually had a tear while I was talking about it. It was a phenomenal well, rant. Highly how, recommended. How was your guys' final four? Because mine was completely obliterated. Mine was obliterated. Uh, I, think I picked Ohio I State right. and Illinois to to be in from the South and the Midwest. Uh, yeah, that turned out to be a whole bunch of bullshit. Did Houston make it to the Final Four? Yeah, yeah, they did. And then they that lost was the to only Baylor. one I got right. That was good. Really? I yeah, I had Illinois. Baylor and Ohio was my State. only one. Baylor. And then Michigan. I had Michigan and Gonzaga in the East and the West. That didn't happen. Um, UCLA yeah. screwed then, everything up. I had Kansas, Alabama, uh, Texas Tech, and Houston in the Final Four. It was just, it was not great. I mean, it was a great March Madness. It was a lot of upsets. It was very entertaining. But when it came to our uh, our brackets, it was god-awful. I was feeling good after the first round. <laughs> <laughs> Man, my whole thing went under in, in the first round. <laughs> Gotta say, my oh boys my from God. North Texas did good, taking down Purdue. Yeah, that's all I gotta like, say. I'm getting off. Take care, guys. Like, te- Texas <laughs> lost against Abilene Christian. Like, yeah, that, my whole life sucks. Anyways. Alright, well, thanks for listening to another episode of 3rd and 10. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, at 3rd and 10 Show. And uh, hopefully it's not a month until the next time you hear from us. Alright, we'll uh, see you next time.